Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. The elements are a metaphor, a simple organizational system to help us understand business and ourselves as business owners. And they are the components of nature, the roots of magic, and the building blocks of life. We all have some aspects of life and business where we thrive and others that are more challenging. By looking at these things elementally, we remove shame and judgment and can discern which elements would help us bring ourselves into balance. Earth is the root chakra, Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo. Earth rules the parts of business that keep us safe and secure as we do our soul work. We look at sustainability, budgets, contracts, systems, core values, and clarity about what exactly our medicine is and how we fit into the ecosystem. Air, heart and third eye chakras, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, air rules our big vision. It's where we connect our medicine to our mission and decide what kind of impact we want to create during our time on this planet. Fire. Solar plexus chakra, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. In fire, we take our gifts, our uniqueness, our offers, our confidence in who we are as individuals and creators, and we blaze it out into the world. All things selling, marketing, and the day-to-day actions of running our business are ruled by fire. Too much fire, and we burn out. Not enough, and our business never makes it off the ground. Learning how to keep our spark alive and share it with others without letting it burn out or consume us is the name of the game for long-term success in business. Water, the sacral chakra, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. Everything about business is about relationships. How we feel about people, ourselves, visibility, the unknown, stress, disappointment, money, stories around self-worth. All of this and more shows up as you try to build a business. Our ability to feel and process our emotions are where we sink or swim as entrepreneurs. And all business strategies are only as good as the nervous system of the body that has to execute the strategy. Water element is where we learn to resource ourselves and expand our capacity to hold the big feelings that come with doing our sacred work in the world. And spirit. Every good gardener knows the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Every day in between is filled with spirit element. Spirit rules the faith required to keep tending your business long before you've ever seen a single sprout of evidence that it's growing. No matter what you believe in, spirit element is what you travel through after you leap and before you land. Life thrives when all the elements are in balance. So will you, and so will your business. If you don't know your dominant element in entrepreneurship, make sure you start by taking our quiz at intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash quiz. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm so excited that you're here with me today. If you can see my face right now, then you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, exciting announcement, these podcast episodes are now on YouTube. So if you are a YouTuber and you want to listen to this when you're not looking at your screen, you can find the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you are listening to this right now and you've always been curious about what it looks like when words come out of my face, you can now watch these podcast episodes on YouTube. Uh, So very exciting development. So glad you're here. All right, so I'm just going to get into it. Um, It is 
Friday the 13th as I am recording this episode. And I wanted to talk about what I think might be one of the biggest business boogeymans, the biggest creative, want to be a professional artist, but holding myself back out of fear boogeymans. And it is fear of failure. This week, I was working on a tapping script uh, for a little bundle that I'm going to tell you about that you can grab if you want to try it for yourself. I was working on a tapping script for a tap about um, the, you know, to help you through moments where you are experiencing doubt, fear, panic, anxiety that your business is not going to work, or maybe you're mid launch and you're like, this launch isn't going to work. I'm not going to sell anything. Or, you know, you want to go after something big as an artist, like apply for a grant or go out for an audition and, or you're waiting for results and you're like, this isn't going to work. It is for the moments where you're convinced this isn't going to work. And I wanted to make sure in the tapping script that I was using language that was what people really say to themselves in these moments. And so I did some polling uh, on Instagram and in the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven Facebook group. And I asked some people, when you're going through these moments, what is it that your brain is saying to you? What are the sentences that you're saying when you're having this fear? And one of the things I found so interesting was that many people said, I will be a failure. If this doesn't work, I'll be a failure. I'm going to put myself out there and I will fail spectacularly. Um, If this doesn't work, that means I am a failure. And I was like, oh, we have a fundamentally different understanding of what failure is and what that word means. And I have to talk about it because changing your understanding of what failure is and what that word means might actually change your life. No hyperbole. I also think that a lot of the time when people are saying, I will be a failure, it is a shorthand that we've grown comfortable with that actually means something else. And uh, this happens a lot. We name something something, right? Like fear of visibility. I've talked about that before. You're not afraid of being visible. You're afraid of being criticized. You're afraid of being bullied. You're afraid of becoming a target. And if we don't name the thing that we're really afraid of, we can't actually get to the root of the fear in order to resource ourselves around the fear. I think that failure has some layers of that. So we're gonna talk about what you might really mean by that today as well. But I first wanna share, when I'm, for those of you who might be new to me today, I'm a dancer, I'm a choreographer, and I was in the performing arts world for a really long time. Uh, That's where a lot of my background of receiving coaching comes from is performance coaching. And when I teach about stage fright or I coach people on stage fright, The thing that I always tell them is everything that you are afraid will happen is going to happen. I can solve your stage fright right now. It's going to happen. You don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to like try to avoid it happening. It's going to happen. If you perform long enough, right? The nature of live performance, whatever can happen will happen. I have had the fire alarm pulled during a performance and everyone had to go outside in the rain, the audience, everyone had to leave the theater and go outside in the rain. 
I have broken a bone on stage. I have had a costume malfunction. I have been at the start of a dance and the DJs played the wrong music. That one happens a lot. I've had the lighting cues not happen. I've had the curtain not drop, the lights not go off, the lights not come on. I've forgotten lines. I've fallen down. I was in a dance performance once at a small club and the dance had a cartwheel in it and my dancer hooked her foot over a black light that was on the back of the DJ booth and knocked the entire DJ booth over and broke several thousand dollars worth of equipment with her foot. Sammy, I love you. Uh, that's normal. These are normal live performance stories. If you are a performer listening to this and thinking about all the things that have gone wrong on stage, you know this too. Everything that you're afraid will happen in a performing career will happen if you perform long enough. It happens to major artists. It happens on live TV. It happens all the time. That is the nature of live performance. You can't control what's going to happen. Therefore, you are not training to prevent any of these things from happening. You're not training in the hopes that they never happen. You are training so that when they happen, you can handle them gracefully on stage, in public, in the moment, in front of people. That's what we're training for. I'm training to get so comfortable on stage that in a moment where something goes terribly wrong, I am still in my conscious, creative mind and can think on my feet and can figure out what to do in this situation. I need to be able to do that because you're live on stage in front of people, you cannot crumble, you just gotta work it out. You can only do that if you're not in fight or flight, right? You can only do that if your conscious brain is available and online. And you can only have your conscious brain available and online if you're relatively resourced and comfortable. So similar to my advice on stage fright being everything that you're afraid of is gonna happen, start preparing for it now. Uh, my advice to you about failure in business is you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You don't have to be afraid of it. It's guaranteed. And so what? <laughs> so sit with that for a second. It's not an attack. Don't close your computer or like uh, throw your phone or turn off the podcast. You're going to fail. It is guaranteed. Everyone who owns a business fails all the time and they're still alive and they still have a business. I don't think, I do not think that word means what you think it means. Failure is inevitable and it is also not permanent, nor is it an identity. So when I was reading all these comments and people said, I will be a failure, it means I am a failure. First of all, I reject, I reject that, right? Like I will not crown myself with that. I will not say I am and finish that sentence that way. Don't do that to yourself. That is a terrible spell to place over your life. But more than that, it's inaccurate. And I know that English is a weird language, right? Um, so even sometimes with our emotions, the structure of a normal correct sentence would be to say, I am sad, right? 
cancel, cancel, delete. No, I am not. That is not a permanent state of my being. That's not the wholeness of who I am. In this moment, I feel sad. I'm the feeler of the feeling. I am not the feeling. Sad is not a permanent state any more than failure is. Failure is not a permanent state any more than sad is. The sad will leave. You will have a happy. You will have an excited. You will have a joyful. You will have a horny. You will have a sleepy. You will have an angry. You will have all of the feelings. You will have a failure. You will have a success. You will have a meh. You will have a miracle. You will have a that didn't really go the way we thought it would go. Let's try again. You will have all of the experiences because that is the condition of being alive and doing things in the world, my friend. This idea that failure would become your identity if something didn't work the way you thought it would is very interesting when we start to think about it, right? When we pull it apart. And so I would almost say in some ways I don't believe in failure the way that it is talked about by most folks. But I want to just hit the uh, definition. You know, I love a dictionary. We got to make sure that we're working the same uh, uh, definition here. So a failure, uh, according to good old Miran Webb, is, uh, that's a, that's a shortening of Miriam and Webster, by the way, Miriam Webb, they're my homies. <laughs> okay, so we have an omission or occurrence of performance. Specifically, you failed to perform a duty or an expected action, right? The other uh, is the inability to perform a regular function, right? That's like kidney failure. Hopefully that's not happening. Cancel, cancel, release. Um, or a cessation of normal functioning. Now that I read that, I actually think that one might be more apt. And we're going to talk about that at the end because that's very interesting. The other definition is fracturing or giving away under stress. That might actually be more accurate. We're going to talk about that. But the next is a lack of success, a falling short. Okay. So a lack of success. Now let's just check real quick and see. Let's see what success means. What does success mean? Let's define this one. A degree or measure of succeeding. That's important and a favorable or desired outcome. So uh, success is about your outcome or your result. This is important, and I'm getting nitty-gritty into these words because they matter. Meow. First of all, I think a lot of the time we're walking around using the words failure and success like a big looming boogeyman that mean big emotional things to us that we are not accurately and clearly defining to ourselves, but we actually haven't defined, written down, decided upon the metrics of success or failure for our launch, for our career, for our finances, for our relationships. We're just saying successful. I just want to be right. We're in our Drake bag. But like, what does that mean to you? Assuming that success means the same thing to everyone. We know that's not true, right? So when you're saying, oh, like my business won't be successful. And I say, okay, great. So tell me how you're measuring the metrics of success in this business. What does that mean to you? Does it mean 
I uh, have consistent six-figure years every year for 10 years. Once I have had consistent six-figure years every year for 10 years, I will be able to say my business is successful. And until then, there is no success. Absence of success every year that is not that. That would kind of suck, right? Maybe you're talking about the success of growing your Instagram. And I say, okay, so how will you know if you're successful at growing your Instagram? No answer. Well, this is a, how can we, how can we tell if it's working if we can't measure it, if we can't track it, if there are no metrics? Business isn't about, let me say this first. Your business will include a lot of fucking feelings. The water is real. All of the elements are present. You will have feelings. But business isn't about feelings as much as it's about metrics, right? So if you're saying, I want my Instagram to grow, how are you tracking the success of that? Oh, my goal is to grow by a thousand followers a month right now. Great. That's actually something we can track and we can say whether or not that's happening. And if it's not happening, does that mean you are a failure Or you're not hitting the metrics of success you defined for this experiment and something needs to be tweaked, changed, or adjusted so that you can hit those metrics. Are we approaching this like a logical problem that we can solve, which pretty much everything in business is most of the time? Or are you approaching this like these numbers are going to mean something about your worth, your worthiness, your goodness, your deservingness, your wholeness as a human being? And I will just say real quick, if that's what we're making these numbers mean, that may also have some crossover in your life with your relationship with money and your relationship with the number on the scale. There are certain numbers in this world that are not just numbers to us. They are measurements of our worthiness, our goodness, and our inherent value. And until we detach how we feel about who we are as human beings from these numbers, they can have some really, uh, I'm going to use a $5 word here, deleterious effects on our damn lives. Not even going to go too much farther into that. So if we're not defining success a lot of the time, we're also not defining failure. When you're saying I will be a failure, what does it even mean? If you haven't defined success, how would you know that you would be a failure? Also, you can't be, right? I love you so much, but the fuck? Like, what does it even mean? What does it mean? If the goal is to grow the Instagram by a thousand followers a month and you're looking at success and failure as a binary, which why, but you could, okay, there's, I did it or I didn't, right? We hit the metric or we didn't. The experiment succeeded or failed. From there, the only way you could quote unquote be a failure is if you like shut the Instagram down and said, well, in the first month we did not succeed in growing by a thousand followers and therefore I have decided Instagram is a failure and I am a failure at Instagram and I will delete my account and never try again and now from the for the rest of my life I will define myself as the person who failed at Instagram and that's the story I will tell and I will make all of my future decisions based on this data and my interpretation of this data that's what I'm going to make it mean When you're saying your business will be a failure, what does that mean? Does it mean that you're going to have a launch and put something on sale and no one buys it and therefore you decide to close your business 
and you decide you are a failure at business and you spend the rest of your life telling the story that you are a failure at business and you never try to start a business again. Is that what you're going to make it mean? Will that be your interpretation of the data and how you make decisions based on that interpretation? If so, I would like to present to you that that is a shitty interpretation of the data and you don't have to interpret it that way. Um, if you were to make cookies and in the middle of making cookies, you got a phone call and you have ADHD, not that this is a personal story. And then you came back to making the cookies and you wrapped up your process and you formed the dough balls and you put them on the tray and you put the tray in the oven and you go and sit down and you're like so excited for cookies. And then you smell smoke and the smoke alarm goes off and you go back and the cookies have turned into liquid and they're burning the bottom of your oven. And you realize maybe you forgot to put in flour. Maybe. Does that mean you are a failure at cookies? Do you never make cookies again? Do you fall into a deep, dark pit of despair and start to shame yourself and tell yourself terrible, horrible things about yourself and tell yourself that you are no good and that this is an indication of the outcome of the rest of your life and you shall never be able to have or enjoy cookies ever again because of this terrible experience and you definitely shouldn't tell anyone this terrible embarrassing experience that you had on Instagram or on YouTube or on your podcast or does it mean you look and you go okay this experiment of cooking of making cookies obviously did not work what happened here what went wrong and then you assess the data and go oh I think I forgot flour probably not gonna do that again gonna wait for the oven to cool down clean the oven try again that is technically a failed cookie baking experience. Does that mean I am a failure? If you opened a store, you poured thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars into getting licenses and a commercial lease and all of your inventory and a build out and you hire a team and you do all this marketing for the grand opening of your store and you want to have a hundred people at the grand opening party of your store and you get 10. Are you going to say that it means your store failed and never open the doors of the store again? Will you burn it down and collect the insurance money? The fuck are we talking about? Let me tell you right now, if you're going to be a professional performer, you're going to hear a lot of no's. You're going to apply for a lot of jobs you never get. You're going to go to a lot of auditions that you think you nailed and never get called back and never know why. That will happen. That is not failure. If you have a business, you will launch products and sell zero of them. That will happen. Guaranteed. You will share thoughts on the internet and have strangers tell you you're stupid and ugly. It will happen. You are going to launch things that you think are so great and are going to be a slam dunk, home run, no brainer. Everyone's going to adopt this thing and get like four sales. It will happen. Guaranteed. You don't have to be afraid of it. It will happen. Period. It happens to everyone in every industry, in every business, at every level, no matter how large or how small the company is. 
There have been flavors of M&Ms that were sold once that were never sold again. Movie stars put out movies that flop and get dragged in the newspapers and get panned by critics. And people say that was the worst movie I've ever seen. I cannot believe this movie got made. And they're still movie stars. So what is it that we are saying? Now, what I think is happening a lot is that what we really mean is I have decided there is only one acceptable outcome for this project, this audition, this launch. And if I do not get the outcome that I want, say the outcome is I want to get 10 people enrolled in this program. I want to make $20,000. And I have decided that if I do not hit that outcome I want, maybe not consciously decided, but I know it's coming. If I don't hit the outcome I want, I am going to make my own life a living hell. I am going to be so fucking mean to myself in my head. I am going to shame myself. I am going to judge and criticize myself. I am going to berate myself. I am going to fall into a pit of anxiety and despair so deep and so dark. I will go into the oubliettist of oubliettes in my soul. I will isolate myself. I will not ask for help. I will not tell anyone what I'm going through. I will tell myself I do not deserve support. I will spend weeks telling myself I never deserved anything. How dare I even think I was ever good enough to show my face in public? I will obliterate my self-esteem if I do not hit this outcome. The stakes, y'all, the stakes. I have now told my poor little body, if you don't get the only one outcome I will consider success, I will ruin you. And now you're expected to perform under that threat. Of course you don't want to try. Of course you don't want to put yourself out there. The stakes are now brutal. I say a lot in my work that there are only fear. The only fear is fear of crap. Criticism, rejection, abandonment, punishment. You're not afraid of failure. You're afraid of criticism and punishment either from other people or from yourself. If this is what's really going on inside you, the fear is fear of criticism and punishment. I have made my inner life, my inner landscape, so emotionally abusive and volatile that I am aware that the stakes for me ever not meeting up to potentially completely unrealistic goals I've set for myself around metrics I cannot control are brutal consequences of abuse. You would have the same reaction if someone external was doing that for you, to you. If you were in a working relationship where you knew, you know, if we don't hit our sales goal, our boss is going to lock us in a room and scream at us and everyone's going to get overtime and like our, our work environment will become so hostile and so toxic that we will all wish that we quit. That would be really fucked up. What kind of boss are you to yourself? Is that the work environment that you have fostered in your little company of one? Are you a terrorist of a boss? Don't do that. Don't do that. Stop creating that working environment for yourself. It's going to be miserable. 
you don't want to work at a company where you're treated like that, especially if it's your own damn company. Now, the good news is you don't have to do that to yourself. There's no one making you. You are maybe not actively choosing it, but you're certainly not actively working against it if this is how you're operating. I want to hop back to this definition of failure because this little bit was so interesting to me. Uh, Now, a state of inability to perform normal function, an abrupt cessation of normal functioning, and fracturing or giving way under stress. If you are struggling with this fear of failure that like I will, it is crippling, I cannot start because I will be a failure. Maybe what you really mean is if I don't get the results I think I want that I probably have not defined clearly for myself, I will give away under the stress that I put myself under and I will cease being able to function. I will not be able to get up tomorrow and start again. I will not be able to have access to the logic and creativity required to pivot when I need to pivot most. And when you need to pivot most in business is when you have incurred potentially real financial consequences. So I want to be very clear. I've been in business. First of all, I've been self-employed for 20 years, but I've been in this business for eight years. I recently had two launches back to back in which I spent more than I made on the launch. It happens. And you know what I need to be in those moments? Resourceful. I need to be creative and I need to have my fucking wits about me because I need to pivot. I need to think on my feet. I need to figure out what to do next because I don't have a job and I don't have a backup plan and I don't have family financial support and I don't have a spouse. It's me in this business against the global finance market. That's what we're doing here. If I had to be worried that every time I didn't get the results I wanted in business, I would make my own life so miserable and I would make my emotional environment so volatile that I would crumble under the weight of that stress and be unable to function. I could not do this. I couldn't do this job. I could not run this business. I couldn't do it. It wouldn't work because I can't do that. I don't have weeks to become non-functioning because I am currently punishing myself for not living up to an expectation or for not reaching a numerical success goal. This is also about how we set goals. We need to be really clear that we are... (laughs) The noise that you're hearing behind me is one of my cats. There's always a cat noise on this show. I hope that you like animals because they're here. Um, They can't be controlled and I cannot lock them out of the room that I'm in. If you have cats, you understand. It would be worse. They would scratch at the door and meow the whole time. So we do what we do. We need to set success goals that are metrics we can control. For example... I may not be able to control whether or not I get a thousand new Instagram followers per month. What I can control is whether or not I enact my strategy. And please, for the love of all that is holy, if you're going to have a success goal, have a strategy for how you're going to reach it and a numerical way to track whether or not it's working. Because otherwise, we're just walking around wishing and hoping and dreaming and praying for things and then being really disappointed when they don't happen. But what are you doing? 
what are you doing? You can make all the vision boards on earth, right? My elemental entrepreneurship base, all spirit all the time, not trackable, love the spirit tools, but we can't just be walking around being like, I'm manifesting followers, but you never post. Not how that works. If your goal is a thousand Instagram followers a month, great. That is what I'm going to consider a metric of success for this experiment. But my strategy to hit that number is I'm going to post three reels a week, two carousels a week, and go live once a week. That's my strategy. That's my plan. I'm going to do this every week for a month. And then I'm going to see at the end of the month if it got me a thousand new followers. The success goal is not the followers. The success goal is did I execute the strategy? I can control that. I can control whether or not I make the content that I said I was going to make. I can control whether or not I showed up on live when I said I was going to show up on live. If that's my goal, I can be 100% successful and celebrate and congratulate myself on being 100% successful at executing my strategy. Then I can look at the metrics of the result of executing the strategy and I can say, did this get me where I thought it would? or not. Now we could use the term, did the strategy succeed or fail? Because that's technically like in English, that's correct. But I probably wouldn't. I would just say, did I, did it work or did it not work? My hypothesis as a scientist of business is that I, I hypothesized, there we go. That's that word. I stopped going to school in eighth grade guys. So I don't know about science. Um, so I hypothesized that If I did this strategy, I would get a thousand new followers a month. Was I correct or not? If yes, sweet, do it again next month. Let's keep doing it for a while and see how it goes. And then maybe we'll up the number. Maybe we'll change the strategy, but this is working. Let's do it. If the answer is no, then what we get to do is we get to look at what we did hit. Did I get not a thousand, but 950? Do I still get to celebrate? Is that still successful? Am I close? Is it good? Or will I punish myself for that? That's something we can look at. Uh, are, are we being too rigid? If we got 800, are we like, okay, still good, still close, love this. Maybe we got 400 and we're like, oh, this didn't really get us where we thought it was going to get us. So what do we want to do next month to see what might get us closer? Do we want to do the same strategy again? Do we feel like we're getting some traction to see what happens? Or do we want to make a tweak? Do we want to do a reel a day? What do we want to do? How are we going to approach this problem? The personalizing of the results is the problem. Choosing to interpret data that you could interpret any number of ways to mean that you personally are incapable of future success is a setup and a trap and a choice. And you literally, genuinely swear to you, do not have to do that shit. Just don't do that. Stop it. Just Decide that you're not going to be that fucking mean to yourself anymore and decide that if you get to make up any story you want about what your results mean, that you're not going to make up mean stories that say that you will never succeed ever in life and that you are doomed to failure. You can just not do that. It is possible. It is an option. 
The difference between success or failure is frequently just when you stop. If I have decided, decided, the Latin root of which means to cut, to cut off any other option. If I have decided I am going to have a successful business, and what that means to me is that I will be solely employed in my own business. And I'm going to go further in my definition. And it is a business that affords me financially a comfortable life and lifestyle to my liking and comfort. And that I only have to work 20 hours a week. Those are my metrics for success. It is my own business. I can afford my lifestyle comfortably and my business comfortably. And I only work 20 hours a week. If I have decided that that is what I'm doing. And I have actually cut off any other outcome. Then I can run experiment after experiment after experiment, launch after launch after launch, try after try after try, maybe even more than one business. With like This business had a different name when it started. I've had many different niches, but maybe I will try experiment after experiment after experiment until I get to where I said I was going to get to. Because that was what I decided I was going to do. So one thing that we can ask is, did you actually make a decision? Or again, do you have a vague kind of nebulous emotional idea of something you think you want and you're just kind of hurtling yourself through space hoping you get there with no strategy, no plan, no clear destination? What are we doing? Did you, dis- right? I'm going to be successful in business. What does that mean? Do you mean you want to be able to quit your day job within a year? Well, if you mean you want to be able to quit your day job within a year, a year is 12 months from now. That means every month you need to make X number of dollars to have enough of a buffer, right? This is how you're going to do it. You've made a plan. You have a strategy. You're going after it. That means month by month, you can be checking your metrics and seeing, am I getting close to that goal? Am I on track? And if I'm not, do I need to adjust my strategy? What do I need to do? If I have 12 months to make this business a success and I've never run a business before, are you making a plan to invest in a business coach? Are you getting help? Are you learning how to run a business? Are you actually taking steps that would ensure that you're going to get the outcome that you want? Or are you just kind of hoping that it's going to happen? And if it doesn't, knowing that you're going to make your life a living hell and then you're going to potentially, right? You have the secret backup plan. I will go get another job and I will just be miserable and be mean to myself. Is that a backup plan that you want? Is that lingering around in your back, in the back of your mind, right? I have, I will either be successful or I will just go get another job and be sad for years and tell myself this terrible story about how I'm a failure. That doesn't sound that fun. But if you're deciding I'm going to be successful no matter what, and I am not going to stop doing whatever it takes until I get where I'm trying to go, completely different outcome, completely different outcome. And the decision is simply A, that you're not going to quit and B, that you're not going to personalize the results of the experiments because everything is an experiment. Everything is a try it out and see if it works. There's no way to know whether or not it's going to work until you don't try it. There's no way to know whether or not it's going to work until you try it. There we go. That's a sentence. So there's no way to know whether or not it's going to work until you try it. But you've decided that the outcome of this one thing will determine the rest of your life. 
that is a crippling amount of pressure and therefore you're too scared to start. That is not the same as making a decision that you're going to do whatever it takes to get what you want in your life. This is not the same thing. What we're also talking about here is a fixed mindset about what business is, right? Uh, this I, I, Business is not like singing, right? Singing is one of those things where like, yes, you can train your voice and you can do a bunch of work. You can get better at singing. You can improve your pitch a little bit and like you can, can improve breath control. But when it comes to like the quality and the tone of your singing voice, some of that is you have it or you don't, right? There's like vocal cord structure things that are there. Business is not like that. Business is not a you have it or you don't. It's not an on-off switch. Business is a skill that you can build. And you get better at it by doing it. The idea that it's something you are or you aren't, you are a success at business or you are a failure at business, I don't know where that idea got implanted in people's minds, but that's not what business is. This is not a thing that anyone is inherently just great at out the gate and also like what would that mean does great out the gate mean the first launch you have does really well cool but that doesn't mean every launch you have will do really well because again that doesn't happen for anyone in business so if what we're thinking is i'm either good at business or i'm not and i'm gonna try i'm gonna launch something and if that thing doesn't sell the way I want it to, which again, I probably haven't defined. I'm going to take that to be a confirmation of the uh, information that I, it turns out, am one of those people who can't business and I have to quit and I have to give up on this dream that I had of being self-employed. It's over for me. End of the road. Your audition ends here. Go home. Good night. Goodbye. That's not what business is. That is not how this works. It's just not true. It's just not a thing. Growth mindset says, I am capable of learning. I can just try again. If stuff doesn't work, it doesn't mean that I am not capable of doing it. It just means that I have more to learn. I can ask for help. If other people are succeeding, that means I can succeed. So what are they doing that would help me, right? Whereas fixed mindset says, I'm either good at this or I'm not. And if anyone finds out I'm not good at this, then they will know that I am a failure and everyone will judge me and it will all be very bad. And so I have to hide that. I cannot let that happen because it is an on-off switch. It is a binary. It is a determination of whether or not I am good, right? Whether or not I am smart, whether or not I am worthy. And I have to protect myself and my ego from potentially having an outcome of everyone finding out that I'm not good and I'm not smart and I'm not worthy and I'm not talented and I'm not successful. So I have to protect myself from that happening by never trying anything in public. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Highly recommend if you haven't that you read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's very, very helpful. I also want you to think about where in your life do you have a growth mindset? Because everyone has a growth mindset and a fixed mindset in some area or other, right? So it's sneaky because you might have a growth mindset in many areas of your life and a fixed mindset about business, but you never caught that that's what was going on. So I want you to think about where in your life do you have no no fixed mindset? Like you have complete confidence in your ability 
to grow and to change and to learn. And if you don't do something right, right away, you're willing to just keep trying until you get it. Where in your life do you have that? Do you have it in painting? Do you have it in cooking? Do you have it in yoga? There is stuff in your life where you're like, well, yeah, I'm a beginner at this. I've never done it before. Like, but that's okay. I can learn. I'll be fine. I'll just keep trying. I'll get a good teacher and I'll watch videos about it and I'll listen to podcasts about it and I'll read books about it and I'll just keep doing it because I like doing it and I'm going to keep doing it until I decide I don't want to do it anymore. But also like I know that if I keep doing it, I, I will improve. Guaranteed. There's no question about it. If I keep doing this, I will improve. Period. That's what growth mindset feels like. So think about an area in your life where you have that. And then maybe journal a little bit on why you think that you have it in that area. Why is that so low stakes for you? Why are you so confident in your ability to learn and grow and improve in that skill? And why do you think business or your career or your art is different? Does it have to be? What if it wasn't? What would it be like if you took the same approach that you have to this thing that you have a growth mindset about and applied it to your business? How would that change the outcomes that you have in your life? worth considering. Another thing that someone said, and I think that some people would call this fear of success, but it's again, it's not. Uh, It's fear of punishment. Uh, Is that it's fear of punishment and fear of abandonment. They said, I'm actually afraid it's going to go great. I'm afraid that I will get tons of adoption of my ideas and that all kinds of people will flock to me and come to me. And then I will be so busy and so overwhelmed that I will burn out and I will not be able to live up to their expectations. I won't be able to meet what I promised them. And then I will fail in front of all these people and I'll let everybody down. You know what that sounds like to me? When I say fear of abandonment, you're afraid you're going to abandon yourself. This fear sounds like a fear that you will not be able to have boundaries. This sounds like a fear that you will not be allowed to be vulnerable. And by vulnerable, I mean potentially tell people, I have to close the doors to this offer due to overwhelming demand. Potentially tell people, when I launched this, I was not anticipating that this many people would opt into the offer. Orders will be delayed. I can give you a refund or you can wait and this is how long you're going to have to wait. The fear that you will not be able to tell people, when I first offered this, I was not anticipating that I would have a health situation come up and now I am having this health situation come up and the deliverables will be delayed by this much. I can offer you a partial refund, or you can just wait. Fear that you will not be able to tell people, I know that you bought this offer from me, and I'm so glad that you bought it from me, but I am not going to be in my DMs answering everyone's personal questions all the time. This is a fear that if you are successful, you will operate in such a state of overfunctioning and boundarylessness that your success will cause you to crumble, to be able to cease to function normally. You don't have to do that either. You don't. Resource yourself the way you need to be resourced. 
drill down deeper in the language that you use when you say these things. Because again, language is great. It's great to have a set of symbols that we've decided mean a complex concept, a good thing. However, sometimes we use these words as a shorthand for something that is actually a really complex emotional experience that we're holding on to. And by not drilling down a little deeper and getting more accurate with what we really mean by it, we prevent ourselves from being able to figure out what we need in order to not be afraid of this outcome. You don't have to be afraid that if you were to be successful, it would ruin your life. If you can get really clear with yourself about boundaries, support, care, habits. I have a client who recently went through some of this and you know some of the great reason around this fear for them was that they've had an experience where frequently when they share things those things go viral and they get lots and lots and lots of attention and lots of comments. And that experience um if you've had it you know can be very dysregulating and very overwhelming. It can be really scary to wake up in the morning and find out that you've gotten thousands of comments overnight and some of them are saying you're great and some of them are really mean. That can be very scary. And this client actually has some pretty big dreams and big goals and big ambitions for what they want their business to be. And so we had to really go into, okay, well, let's map this out. What would you do if you hit this level of visibility? What would you do if you hit this level of fame? Let's really play out these scenarios. Let's look at this. Let's get into, do you want to be a level of famous where like you can't go to breakfast or to the grocery store or, or do you not? Would that be okay with you or would it not? If you were that level of famous where like people would know you everywhere you went, do you think you'd be the type of celebrity that would get like mobbed with attention or would people just be like, oh, that's so-and-so? Could you handle that? Would it be okay? Right? Like how, what about privacy? What about your address? Like we can actually sit down and work through that stuff if we can name that that's what the worry is. There are ways that we can in advance protect ourselves from an outcome like that. Boundaries systems support around you so that you know that in the event my business takes off and gets busy, that doesn't mean I am now required to give so much that my life falls apart. That's not the deal. That's not a rule. You don't have to do that. Where did we get the idea that that would be required of you? If you think there's a chance that this business is going to be that successful, first of all, awesome. Second of all, start building it that way. Start working on your boundaries right now. Start working on your people pleasing right now. Start putting in systems in place in your business right now around when people can expect communication from you and how. How people can reach you and how they can't. What you're available for and what you, you're not. We see big accounts on social media every day where right in the bio it says no DMs. Or it says something like, you know, DMs are operated by a team member. There's no reason that you need to be concerned 
that your success is going to mean that you crumble under the weight of expectations unless you are secretly telling yourself you are not worthy of boundaries. And if all of these people do you the quote unquote favor of shopping from your business and supporting you, you will be obligated to give at an inhumanly generous level to every single one of these customers 24 hours a day and you will fall apart under the weight of that. No one is asking you to do that. Don't don't say yes to that contract. Again, if an employer offered you this, and they were like, we will make you CEO of this company and you will be a seven-figure earner. And the only thing you have to commit to is that you have to have a 24-hour open-door policy for every single employee of this 2,400-person company and all of our stockholders and all of our shareholders. Uh, and you can never have a day off and you can never take a break and you're never allowed to get sick. Would you take the job? Like, probably not. That's not what we go into business for. That's unreasonable. Why would you expect that of yourself? And are you being honest with yourself that that is what you're really afraid of? That you will not have the emotional capacity to say no or the structural support in place to surround you and help make sure that you're only doing the stuff that you need to do and that all of the customers are taken care of without you needing to work around the clock. Like, why don't we just build your business that way? This does not make sense. This is illogical. <laughs> My little neurodivergent heart can't take it. It does not make sense. I'm too Spockian for this, y'all. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's big. It's silly. Okay, so you're going to fail. Guaranteed. You can let go of that boogeyman. It is under the bed. Give it milk and cookies. Like, say hi to it. <laughs> say goodnight to it when you get in bed. Ask it to return your socks. Like, it's real. It's there. It's definitely going to happen. You will launch things that won't sell. You will put things out there that flop. You will get negative comments on social media. You will have negative client experiences. You will also sell things that blow up. You will also get praise emails from people you've never met that make you cry. You will touch people's lives. You will get handwritten thank you cards and little gifts from people that you're not expecting. You will have people you've never met in rooms talking about how great you and your work are. Both things will happen guaranteed but they will only happen if you don't make either one mean anything about whether or not you're good or bad, and you don't make either one of them mean anything about whether or not you should get up tomorrow and keep doing your goddamn work, because the answer is yes, you fucking should. Every day, all day, there are people in the world who don't like me. I know it. I know it's happening right now. And believe me, it used to be really hard for me. The idea that I am misunderstood and not liked and that I am that there are people who think I'm weird and that there are people who don't like me right now. This is on YouTube. There are people who are judging my face and my clothing and my voice and think I'm stupid and weird. I know that. It's okay. It's okay. There are also people who think I'm great and people who really like me. And you know what? That's also okay, because none of it's about me. It's not. Even it feels really personal, right? It's not about me. It's about them. Everyone 
gets to have preferences. <laughs> I will never watch the fishing channel. But there's a fishing channel. It's 24-7 just fishing. There's people who love it. I will never watch it. The fishing channel is not a failure because I don't like it. They're fine. They're doing good. They've got their numbers. They're great. It's my preference. I don't have to like it. And it doesn't mean anything bad about it. I, it's just not for me. It's just not for me. And that's okay. That's about me. It's not about fishing. It's not about the channel. It's not about the network executives. It's not about the person who picked out the programming. It's not about the fish. It's definitely not about the fish. The fish are fine. It's not about lakes or rivers or boats. None of those things. I just don't watch it. The idea that you should be allowed to have preferences and that your preferences don't mean anything negative about the people on the receiving end of them, but other people's preferences mean something negative about you, let's dig into that. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. It's not about us. And we cannot let whether or not other people like us or not, like our work or not, mean that we should not do our work. We literally, we just cannot. Can you imagine walking around on a city street and walking up to strangers and being like, today, here, I, I, I'm handing to you the power to decide whether or not I should get to use my gifts, skills, and talents in the world. Will you tell me whether or not I can? And just doing that with every single stranger you pass? Just outsourcing all of the power of that decision to every stranger you meet? Because that's kind of how some of us treat the internet and social media. I'm going to outsource the decision of whether or not I should be allowed to do my work and share it with every stranger that I meet. And everybody who's like, everybody gets to vote. Everyone in the world gets to vote. And if I get enough no's, then I'm not allowed to work. What? what? Where did we get this from? One person said, I will be seen failing, right? So in the terms of the fear of, the, the fear of failure there, that's fear of criticism. Maybe fear of criticism, rejection, and punishment, right? I will be criticized. I'll be rejected. It will hurt everyone's going to say bad things about me. And then again, back to, and then I will believe them. And I will make that mean that I do not deserve to do my work. And I will quit because I will decide that they are right. And these people that I have never met before, who know nothing about me, you hear the cats fighting, that they get to decide whether or not I have the right to use my gifts, skills, and talents to create the things I want to create and to share them with the world. I'm just going to outsource all of that decision-making to strangers who don't know me or my life and don't have my best, best interest at heart. Solid plan. This is sarcasm for those of you who are listening. It's not a solid plan. Don't do that. Stop it. Wherever you are right now, as we are on the verge of this new moon eclipse, call all of the power of your damn decision-making back into yourself. Stop trying to plug it into strangers. Stop trying to go around. I'm picturing the children's book, PJ Funny Bunny, Are You My Mothering? To every stranger on the internet and giving them the power to decide whether or not you get to see yourself as a worthy human being and whether or not you get to do what you want in life. Ew. No. Knock it off. I love you so much. Fucking don't do that. Just stop it. Just stop it. 
stop it right now. Stop it today. You do not need to do this. This is not a great operating system for adulthood. Period. It's not a good operating system for adulthood. You get to do you. All those people that you're worried are going to criticize you and judge you, they're all going to die. You? Going to die. I? Going to die. A hundred years from now, we won't be here. This video might be. I don't know who's going to be watching it, but like, we won't be here. The house that you live in, other people will live in it. Your animals will be gone. Every possession you've ever owned will be gone. None of this is going to matter. Do whatever the fuck you want. Cheese and rice. This is where it always ends for me. It's reminding us that we're all going to die and that we don't have all the time in the world to sit around and outsource our pleasure and our joy to strangers. And with that, on Friday the 13th, at 1.13 p.m., I leave you. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that this was the swift kick in the heart and the gut and the ass that you needed today. If you need more help, hit me up. I'm happy to work with you. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm putting in the show notes. I made a cute little tarot spread to communicate with the spirit of your business. Um, so if you're ever just wanting to ask your business what your business needs, uh, they can tell you. Your business can tell you. And uh, that will be in the show notes. As you are in the checkout for that, you will be offered a little offer bump called Professionally Delusional. Ignore the results you're getting until you get the results you want. It is a little emotional resource toolkit to help when you are having moments of self-doubt around whatever it is you're trying to build. There is a ideal client attraction meditation. There's a next level self journal. There is a um, an audio track that you can just like background work, chill, clean your house, hang out to that has solfeggio tones and subliminal affirmations in it. And there is an ideal client attraction meditation in it. And it's $22. So if you want that little bundle. Oh, and there's the tap. The tap that started all of this. Uh, an EFT tapping. I call it in case of emergency break glass tap. For the days that you are worried that it just won't work, you can do that little tapping practice. And yeah, I hope that you grab that if you're having a moment where you're struggling or you know that those moments come and go for you and you want to have a handy little toolkit of things you can grab when you're in those moments that will uh, that'll be in the show notes as well. And if you are interested in working with me as your coach, I have spots available for one-on-one -on -one clients. My best year yet package, which is a year of coaching for 2024, is now open. And if you sign up in October, you can get November and December free and a 14-month payment plan. If you sign up in November, you can get December free and a 13-month payment plan. And the price is going up in December. So if you sign up in November or October, you will lock in the 2023 price. So if you've been interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, that would be a great way to do that. And you can always join the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven if you want to work with me inside the membership in the group. Um, but yeah, if you need help on this stuff, I would love to help you because we need to get this stuff out of your system so that you can do the work that you need to do in the world and we can all receive it. We need your gifts. The world's on fire. We need your gifts. All right. I said a mouthful. Hope that that was valuable for you. Okay. Love you. Bye. That's our episode for today. 
Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time, so many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitiveedgecoaching. Have a great day.